everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of What's Your Why Wednesday. I'm Laura Brandeo, and today I am joined by Joy Francisco. Well, she's certainly wearing many hats, but she is right now the manager at the Francisco team in El Paso, Texas for Nexa. And we are going to dive into, man, before we started recording, she was telling me so many things. I'm not even sure where to start. But the first thing I do want to start with is, number one, Joy, how did you come into the mortgage industry? Let's take us through that initial journey. When did you realize the impact that you have being part of the mortgage industry? And how do you continue to fuel this impact with your why? Thanks, Laura. Thanks for um, asking me to be here today. First, we have to go all the way back to when my husband and I first met. We were in the military. And so um, that's part of our story. We were both, uh, we were both veterans. And yeah. so fast forward um, to, I think, around 2006, we purchased our first home. And we, you know, we had access to a VA loan. And um, the, we found the realtor just calling and, you know, we didn't know the lender, you know, we knew nothing. We were first time home buyers and just like, can we even afford a home? Well, right. yes, we could. But and they talked us into an FHA loan with an interest rate oh, of around wow. 5.6. At the time, the VA rates were a lot better. Uh, again, we knew nothing. And so we we're like, oh, we can just afford a home, you know, the American dream or whatever. So we buy our first home. You know, and um, a few years later, and I'm I am originally a teacher, so we bought a home where I was teaching at the time near Austin, Texas. Um, we loved it. I've taught, and and then we had our first baby. Decided to stay home, so I took about a seven or eight year break from from teaching. And then I got back into teaching for one year and decided it was not for me anymore. But I have a teacher's heart. I want people to understand um, what they're getting into, especially with mortgages, because it's the biggest financial decision most people make. Um, it's how the middle class grows their wealth. So it's very important that we, we help them make wise decisions and their mortgage advisor, not just someone, hey, sign this, sign that, and you're on your way, you're a number. It's a very personal experience and we wanna be in their lives you know, forever, um, for as long as they're purchasing homes. So we, um, I take time off, um, I have babies, all these kinds of things. Then we move out to El Paso, um, so my husband can become the chief financial officer for the VA out here. Oh, wow. And I am still um, teetering on, should I be an online teacher, those kinds of things. Right. Well, um, after about uh, almost a year in that position, my husband decided he wanted to be done with government. Um, and all along this time, we had been um, referring our friends and family to a great broker in the Austin area um, and a great realtor in the Austin area. And granted, we aren't even in the industry, but I yeah. can count like 30 people that we had referred, you know, to our friends. And um, to this day, we're still great friends with those people. And our, our um, realtor friend, he, he was like, uh, do you know how many people y'all referred me? You'd be great at this. Like, you should do this. And we're like, uh, Okay, you know, we knew nothing. What does it take, finance. right? What does it take to do this, right? Yeah, we didn't know. Um, and so my husband in, let's see, it was 2019, he decides to take out his um, TSP from the government and we invest it 
into giving us about six months to either, you know, succeed yep. or flop. You know, it was wow. do or die. Um, and, you know, we have five children. So it was a very big decision. And our why was we were already trying to help people make good decisions about professionals who they should trust, right? With their mortgages and with their home selling and buying and things like that. And then on top of that, I have a teacher's heart. I don't want people, I don't want to ever see a veteran who has access to a VA loan ever get an FHA loan. Yep. You know, so I look back on those experiences and I'm thinking we were made for this. We have people's best interests at heart. We know what it's like to be taken advantage of and we don't want to see that happen ever again. And if we, if the best service for a customer is to talk them out of a loan, that's what we're going to do. That's right. So oh yeah, that's a goodness. little short, I mean, it's a short, long version of how we got into the industry. And we found Nexa. We went to a small brokerage first, didn't really have the support we needed, and then found Nexa, and we just kind of taken off from there. So where's the first, there's so many questions I have here, but let's, let's start with, okay, so you're referring, you realize, listen, you have a teacher's heart. Obviously, you mentioned that your husband's also a pastor. So you, you know, you have lots of care and concern for the entire community. You were looking out for others, right? You want to be that person to take care of them. So you get the idea, okay, maybe this is the industry you want to go into. What was your first step? Like, did, did you guys like research with someone? Did you connect to someone online that kind of said, here's step one, you know, do this or like, tell me, because I'm just thinking to myself, that is very bold for you guys to be completely outside of the industry. Recognizing again, I asked that question of when did you recognize the impact that you're having on others? You guys technically re recognize the impact before you even came into the industry. You already realized that generational wealth starts with home ownership. So how did you research it? Like, how did you even figure out the steps? So funny story. It was Aaron and Naya, he's at Nexa too. He um, was at our church. And wow. um, so we would have small group and Aaron would yeah. come over and my husband asked for prayer because this whole job was driving him crazy at the VA and chief financial officer just, you know. Yeah, that sounds stressful. Definitely it, so it, stressful. <laughs> it was, and we move out. We moved out of El Paso, out to El Paso from the Austin area to be near family. All my in most of my in-laws are in here, and so it was just a, a means to get near people. And we thought, oh, he could grow bigger in that position and all that kind of stuff. You know, career move and family, and you know, things don't quite turn out the way we think they should sometimes. And now it's turned out twenty times better than we could have ever imagined. So we see Aaron, he's, he's like, man, you know finance, you guys know people, like you yeah. care about people, you talk to people all the time about this or that. He's like, you should go be a broker because he was a broker already. He was with that smaller firm that I was talking about, yeah. the smaller brokerage. He was already into it and he saw just the potential for helping others, the income potential, the ability to, yeah. you know, do your schedule how you need to do for your family, family first, those kinds of things. And we were like, yeah, we, we refer a lot of people to our friends. We could do this. And then, so at first we thought he was crazy. Right. right? First he, we thought he was nuts. And, and kudos, then my kudos said, to him. 
And, yeah. and I encourage everyone out there listening. I can't even tell you how many times I hear, well, I got into the industry. Matter of fact, I think, it, I think it's Michelle Dugan said to me, I was a waitress and someone that I was serving, we were having this great conversation and my personality and the way I treated him with respect and, and just our communication, he said, hey, would you have an interest in coming to work for me in the morning? Like there's so many stories like that, that we want to encourage everyone out there that as you are in life, the small group at church, the, you know, when you go to the barista at the, at the shop, you know, all of these different connections, your, your grown children's friends. I can't tell you how many times, you know, you just know people from even your kids that, you know, they come out of college. So keep going with the story, but please everyone out there, Encourage that when you see someone like your family, you and your husband, the most important thing was there, your heart, your care for others. So keep going. So yeah, so he says, hey, you should go be a broker. And then we're like, okay, what does that take? We met, um, we met with the owner of the, the broker she was at. He told us, he gave us our chance. We can't thank him enough for doing that. Um, it, 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 it took everything, like it, it was our end in the industry because not many people are willing to give you yeah. um, an opportunity right and so and, and we knew we didn't want to go work at the bank we knew we wanted yeah. to be a broker because we had had such a great experience with brokers brokers really are better i promise <laughs> um and so we go through this um we get the license in the first six months we closed maybe two loans it was hard it was rough. It, and it is it, it, it was is rough. not it's not easy peasy that's for sure yeah, it was rough. And so um, my husband started um, researching. He was like, we need more support. Um, we loved the brokerage. We, we still talked to him. He's a great, um, a, a great owner. Um, we just needed more because we were yep. so new. We never even been in retail. We had nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Well, that's why I asked how you even made that first step because you literally, that would, that would be like one of us in the mortgage business someday showing up and teaching children at the school. It'd be like, we yeah. don't know anything about this. Right. So, so okay, yeah. keep going. I tell that part to say, you know, if you want to get into the industry, find a mentor, find a brokerage who has a great mentorship program in place. Find out what, you know, as much as you try to sell yourself, what can you get in return to be in this business long-term? And that's not selfish. That's being wise and setting the brokerage up for success and setting you up for success. But hindsight is 2020, right? So we're in the middle of all this yeah. and my husband, um, started and are researching. you at, are you in 2020 at that point? Because you mentioned 2019. So where so are we? My husband's license was active September of 2019. Okay. And we were at the other one and my license was active starting October of 2019. So okay. little do we know a pandemic is coming. That's right. Okay. So fast forward, we're in 2020, January. He's like, babe, we're about to sink. I'm like, oh. we ain't going to sink. You know, there's no, so he gets on you like, we got to find a brokerage. We got to get support. We got to, And we make the move to Nexus and he goes first because at this point, by October, I just got my license. I'm like, dude, I'm going to do some online teaching. I got, we got to keep us yep. afloat. Yep. You're going to do the business. Like it's going to be okay. Um, fast forward, he gets on the next of February. 
by March, he's like, dude, you need to quit your job. Yeah. He's like, this is insane. I don't understand it. Yep. We need but, a bigger boat at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we went from closing maybe two loans in six months to, I think, uh, March, by the end of March or April, we closed like five or six loans just in our first like 45 days with Nexa. Um, it was eye-opening. Yeah. But you want to talk about um, baptism by fire. Mm -hmm. You will never forget it. But, but Joy, I mean, look at how many things there. Number one, I mean, you're in a situation, it's your entire family. This isn't like, hey, I'll go try this out while you still, you know, have this over here. I mean, you guys took a leap of, quote, faith. You took a leap of faith with five children, right? Ranging from four to 12. So this is like deep in like, you know, responsibility here. And you said, nope, I'm leading with my heart. I know we can do this. I know we can take care of our veterans. We can do this for them. And then of course, we know what happened with the pandemic and everything else happening. So, yeah. okay. So you make the shift, you're at Nexa, you're crushing it, right? So you're building your pipeline. So I wanna go back to you mentioning about the mentorship because I think this is very, very important and it's something not a lot of people speak about, right? So a lot of times, we're speaking to people that are successful in the business. You're hearing later down the road, right? You're hearing, okay, they've been in the business for 10 years and they're at this level and you hear all this greatness. A lot of times you don't hear the years they struggled or the times they almost gave up. So looking back and it's still fresh for you, of course, right? <laughs> it's very fresh. So, what besides having a mentor or even a mentorship program, right? At whatever company they're going for, what other lessons have you kind of looking back go, wow, I really wish I knew this. That, well, and we talked about this before that this is a people business. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many zeros you have in your bank account. I don't care what you've done before. You know, all these, all these things I'm saying, I don't care if you've been at the pinnacle of some other career. At the end of the day, people need to trust you. Yeah. And if you don't know the answer, don't say you know the answer. Say you can go and find it, right? Um, you know, when you're early on, when you're getting into the mortgage industry, we, we had done several loans previously for, for our personal loans, right? right. Um, and so we learned some of these things without ever being in the industry. Once you get into the industry, you realize how much you don't know, right? right. And you and but remember too, we were in the middle of a pandemic and guidelines were changing every oh. day sometimes. Yes, maybe hourly at times, right? During those first couple of weeks, it was almost mid right. moment by moment. So March, April, May timeframe, when things were like, people were telling us they were like this is not normal like this is all we know right the crazy is all we knew at that point and so i my biggest thing that would happen was if someone asked me a question i didn't know like you know things have been changing rapidly in this environment let me go research that um they appreciated that answer versus me having to go back an hour later and say oh by the way that program was cut like yesterday, you know, like, 
and that that was a blessing though because so many in this industry before that we're used to things being the same the guidelines yes. were the same interest rates did not change every minute mm -hmm. and so you know i would just say if you don't don't be the person that knows all the answers be the person that can find the answers you are that is very very good advice and you're correct you know sometimes coming in at a time in a situation like that could be a blessing right even though at the time it was very chaotic but you didn't know anything else and and you know i'll relate that to i'll relate that to like when i started our company i came in during the peak of subprime crash right during the really bad time and we used to always say you almost didn't want to hire people that knew what the mortgage industry was like back in the subprime days because they couldn't relate to the new normal so they kept saying well back in 2005 well, it's not 2005 anymore. So forget what that was. This is what we've got now. So I think you're correct. Like that is a very valid point of you are seeing the industry as it is right now. You went through massive change and, and chaos that happened. Now, of course, it's stabilizing and we're normalizing now. But I think that's an advantage almost because you don't know anything from before you just know the way it is now and that probably is an advantage so i want to lead to i want to go into another topic speaking of the way things used to be so it's interesting of having the husband and wife you know dynamic in the same industry what have you seen in an industry that again you don't know what it was before but it was a very male dominated um you know, you, you saw a lot of the same people over and over again. And I, I can tell you from someone that's been in the industry a long time, boy, have women come so far and I'm so proud of the progress I'm watching, but I'm curious because you get to see it from both, both perspectives. So what have you seen and what do you think the future will continue to be in the industry? Well, that's a great question. That's a loaded question too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first, and you know, I have to go back to, to whenever I got into this industry with my husband came in first, right. And then he came into Nexa and then I came into Nexa and that's where we really have, um, taken off. And, um, we kind of had a model where we were closing a lot of loans under him. Um, and I was really the seller and okay. I still am, I still okay. am really the, Hey, I'm getting out there. I'm talking to people. I'm, you know, this is sales, but it's the best kind of sales, I think. So, um, but with that comes, um, we were closing loans under him. I was doing all the selling, you know, but when there were issues, they wanted to speak to the man. Oh, and they knew we were a team. And wow. at some point, a few times, my husband got on the phone and said, whatever my wife says is what I'm going to say. I don't know why you're talking to her like that. Like, Wow, that yeah. is very interesting. And it's so funny you said that because it brings me back to Aim Fuse of 19. I remember having the ladies up on a panel and I remember one of the female brokers told the story about realtors would treat mm. her completely different than the male brokers and they wouldn't 
And this was uh, this was other females. These are female realtors that yes. wouldn't work with her, and that just blew my mind. But that does make sense. I mean, it, it certainly does because you're right. Like in their mind, they're going right back to old in reptilian brain, right? Yeah. Of well, the man must be the one making this decision. So okay, so how do you handle that? So your husband kind of says, "Hey, Joy is, you know." Yeah, just backs you up, kind of yep. just supports you, supports you, explain to them that you are the person that is aware and you know exactly how to solve for whatever yeah. it is or, okay. Wow. Well, and he's the branch manager. So honestly, though, he keeps make sure our compliance is good and, you know, those kinds of things. And that's really what we want him for. We want someone having a double eye, making yep. sure everything is ran well. And so now they're all, for the most part, getting closed undermining. So, you know, he's, he just says, she's your loan officer. Yeah. Let's go, talk. you know, I mean, but really there's no reason to, to involve it. But here's the thing though, as women though, and, and I was a teacher, it's a very female dominated yes, field. The opposite. I came from it and now it's the opposite. And so I've had to learn to hold my own, having those hard conversations when we don't want to. So how do you, you know, do that? What's your recommendation for that, Joy? The hard conversation. Hard conversations. Yeah. We always deliver bad news faster than good news. Mm. Always. So you eat because, the frog. You know that expression about eat the frog so that you, you deliver the bad news first. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Tell us what you do. So we deliver the bad news faster than good news. Um, and, and we tell people, we tell our loan officers in our branch, like, it's going to eat at you. And the longer you knew and didn't tell the consumer, the more mad they're going to be. So whatever it is, and if it's your mistake, own up to it, right? Um, oftentimes it's not anyone's mistake. It's just how things landed. You know, it happens. It happens. And it, things out of our control, appraisals. I mean, yep. who knows? Who knows what's going on? But deliver it faster. And when you're having that conversation, pause just a minute before you have it to find a solution, right? Because if people, if people know there's a solution, they know there's a problem, but they know there's a solution, you're going to look like a hero, not an idiot, mm -hmm. you know, but as females, as women, I think that's more important because sadly in a male dominated field, I think we look at, um, we are looked at sometimes as incompetent or emotional. It's okay. I think, I think yeah. emotional is definitely an, a very good word. Yeah. Yes. And, and I would think the look of incompetence is more for the chauvinist who can't deal with a woman in business and they have their other issues, right? Yeah. We can't help that. We're not helping that. We're not helping that. But being emotional, you know, always delivering this news with a response, a solution. I think that has really helped frame myself in the industry um, as an equal, yeah. you know, to, to my male peers, to my female peers, to any, any broker. I don't care about the problem. I want a solution. Of course. Of course. That's what you know, it's, it's so interesting, Joy. I, I recently attended a webinar the, from a woman about her, her TED talk is Give Great Voice. That's the name of her TED talk. And she speaks about, especially for women, the importance because our voices are more high pitched, right? I mean, a man's voice commands a little bit more of control and power just by their voice. They don't even forget what they say. So 
I never really thought about it. But as women, it really is smart to think about how to control our voice depending on what we are saying. Because depending on how you're delivering that message, it will be heard and interpreted different, right? Whether it's with confidence, whether it's with control, and like you said, not emotion, right? But if you come in with this high-pitched, you know, female, like, that's probably not going to be um, heard, right? Or felt the way that you intend, even if you do come with that solution. And I think that really is, I never thought about it a lot, but it is true. We have to be aware of that when we deliver it. Absolutely. Well, and just delivering, I think the bigger thing is to being honest. Agree. You know, right. That's any, that, that is regardless of gender, right? Mm -hmm. And honest, business person, an honest mortgage broker is going to um, garner that respect that, that you want, period. Yeah. You know, so the more transparent you are, and it's sad, you know, sometimes people feel like they have to compensate because of the stereotypes of their um, gender or their ethnicity, or, you know, you fill yeah. in the blank, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, but you overcompensate because of that. And it, it honestly, it just makes you a better broker, a better loan officer. You're correct. You're correct. All right. So I do want to go backwards, backwards before the mortgage industry. I have to hear about, I know you and your husband both served together in the same area. I have to understand this. Like, where did you meet? How did all that happen? How did you guys, I, I wouldn't think you were from the same place, but maybe you were like, tell this story. I just think this is an amazing story. I want to hear it. Okay. So I grew up in the DFW area. I went to the university of North Texas. Um, I uh, was at UNT for a music degree and I play sounds and I sing Mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff. Now I do it for church. Um, uh, but I, um, ended up going into the army national guard in Denton, Texas. And I was um, assigned to an intelligence unit in Austin. Okay. So my husband was also assigned there. And I remember the first day I met him, he was in in that uniform, looking fine. A man um, in uniform. A man in uniform. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and I, I, no one in my family had ever served ever. Wow. I I had no idea of decorum. Yeah. That I mean. So, so what made you what made you sign up? Where did that come from? Well, I would like to tell you that I was a patriot and that I was, you know, wanting to just serve my country. And that part of that was true because remember, uh, this is around 2003. Oh, so very at yeah. the height of the yep. Iraq war. Yeah. Um, and it was partly that, but sadly, I also had a bad breakup. <laughs> Okay. And I was like, let's do something new. Let's go be a patriot. Oh, that is awesome. So Okay, but you met the love of your life, so it did work well, out. So I tell everyone I majored in misses in the military. Oh, I mean you don't you don't hear that often, but it kind of makes sense. There's an awful lot to choose from. Well, I mean, I was I had as good a chance yeah. as any in the military. So um, and we've been married almost 17 years now, Aww, so it worked out. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we we met in um, 
uh, we met and married within seven months. I, you know, wow. a little fast. And then uh, three months of that, we were not even in the same state. Right. He was, he was, he actually got ready to deploy as I was going into basic training. Okay. And so after I got out of basic training, uh, we got married two weeks later, he deployed to Iraq for a year. Wow. Um, I was in officer candidate school in the middle of all of this. Um, we decided we could not be a dual military family, but uh, it was just, yeah, it was so difficult. So I made the hard decision to get out of the military okay. and he stayed in, he stayed in for a very long time. He was a chaplain in the military oh, as well. Nice. Um, we are very grateful um, to the military for the life that we've had. Sure. It has been a difficult life, but we can honestly say that American veterans are the most well taken veterans, well taken care of veterans in the world. Oh, that's and we awesome are so grateful. Um, but a funny story, my father-in-law is from the Philippines. Okay. And he is from the Philippines. He immigrated to the U.S. And then he received his green card. And a couple weeks later, he got his draft card to Vietnam. Oh. And so, you know, he's a decorated war vet. I mean, he's yeah. a living legend. Wow. This guy is. And so I tell people that we stand on the backs yeah. of those veterans. And so we, we are just grateful. You know, everyone says, oh, veterans and we're so grateful for you. No, we are grateful for the American citizens who take care of us and help us and take care of our military members now and, and vouch for us and fight for us. And the VA loan just got some great um, expansions to who's eligible, just those kinds of things. You let veterans know that you care and we're grateful for that. I just yeah. have to put that plug in. So. I, I love that you said that. Obviously I can, and that that's the part, you know, that's the part I love is when you feel someone's passion, like you just saying that, like I could feel your passion and your love, you know, for the veterans and, and everything about it. And I'm so happy that you shared that. And I'm so, so happy you shared your story about how you guys met and you've married almost 17 years. That is wonderful. Five kids. I mean, the, the, oh my goodness, you've got a lot happening here. That's awesome. So we're going to leave with and I didn't have you prep for this. So let's see if you can call this up in your memory banks. I know, I promise it. I didn't want to give you a hard one, but I'd love to hear this. Joy, share with us one story of a family that you helped that kind of, you know, it hit you. It was something special about a family that you helped. So my husband deployed with a, a man, um, and uh, probably saved his life, maybe one or two times. I don't, I don't know all the stories, right? I don't ask those stories. Yeah. Um, but uh, fast forward, it was just this last summer um, when we're new in the industry, COVID is going crazy, right? And he's like, can you get us, can you get us in a home? Oh. And I'm like, well, I'll sure try. We had some, you know, we had some challenges and, um, and it was a long, it was a hard process, but he got in that home. Aww. And I'll never forget, um, you know, we went, the, the closing was about three hours away from us. So we went, we took them out to dinner afterwards when, and they showed us the house. Um, and he had a new wife, you know, back, back then they deployed a long time ago and he had been through some very hard personal Aww. challenges, but 
this house signified a new life for him. A start. A new wife, a new family. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll never forget that. He will never forget who helped him with his first home. And right. I will never forget, I would never have my family without him. Oh. That, that one hits me. I'll never forget that closing. Um, he and he were all friends and I talked to his wife and um, they're, they're happy in their home, but I will never forget that one. That one was the one like, I know why I'm doing this because veterans need someone to fight for them in the mortgage area, in, in the mortgage industry. And I want to fight for veterans. And Well, we are very, very thankful and grateful that, you know, nothing happens by accident is what I always believe. And it certainly was a calling to have you and your husband in our industry to be able to take care of veterans and all of the families that you are serving and helping because your passion and your care and your hearts certainly truly make an impact and a difference in the lives of others. So thank you for everything that you have done. We are a better industry with you in it. So thank you for sharing. You are awesome. You are fantastic. Continue to, to make a difference in this world. And thanks for being on. Thank you, Laura.